0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs learn to scale their businesses and take back their time. As the summer winds down here in the Northern Hemisphere, I am thrilled and a little sad in my mama heart to share that I delivered my firstborn to her college dorm last week for her first year of college. And the week prior, my husband delivered his youngest to his dorm. Y'all, we have two kids in college right now. So if you see lots of Pittsburgh and Boston travel photos on our socials, you'll know that we miss our kiddos a lot. Now let's talk about this week's episode before my mama heart reminds me that I miss my baby girl. I think of seasons in business as in nature, that things flow. And sometimes we're in what appears to be a fallow season, and other times we're in rapid growth, blossom, and fruiting seasons. Today's guest, Pradeep Sangha, shares how growing up on an orchard influenced the mindful way he lives and conducts his business. Pradeep is the founder of Sangha Worldwide, a business advisory services agency, and the author of The Complete Man Book, He's also host of the Male Entrepreneur and the MindShot podcast, and all around, he's a wonderful human. Pradeep shares how he felt this entrepreneurial journey was chosen for him, and how he felt led to support men in their quest for success and fulfillment in all areas of life. I love how much of his upbringing and family experience have influenced Pradeep's approach to his business, and how he mentors men in becoming their complete selves. Listen carefully to how Pradeep has woven his holistic mindset into all areas of his business and life. I'm particularly fond of the Sikh wisdom he embraces, which says that being complete means that you're growing. Pradeep's parting wisdom is the following— Focus on emotions in your work. Find your energy and power and harness them. If you can master your emotions, you can transfer them into good work. Turn understanding and mastering your emotions into a game and then experiment with that. There's so much well-rounded and resonant advice in this interview. I cannot wait to hear what you think. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Pradeep and his amazing journey. Pradeep, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you.
1: Hey, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. So before we dive in, I'd love to let our listeners know where you're located in the world.
1: So I am, well, not too, too far from you, but a little bit north. I'm just outside of Toronto, Canada. I'm actually between Toronto and Niagara Falls, New York. So mm. in between there.
0: Nice. Oh, it sounds beautiful then.
1: Yeah, it's actually a beautiful place. I live uh, right down the street. We have vineyards, uh, wineries, so it's an amazing place to live.
0: Mm, Not bad. Not bad at all. (laughs) I feel like we can't go wrong with living near a winery or visiting a winery. Always good. I'm a, I'm a yeah. big fan. Um, <laughs> very cool. Well, I i am just so intrigued by the work that you're doing as we were kind of chatting in the green room. I want to, I'm tempted to dive right in, but I think we should give our listeners a little bit of background before we do that. So tell us, you know, what you do now and what made you decide to go in this direction with the skill set that you have?
1: Sure. So I, I, right now you could say I'm i I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I have two young kids. And so I have businesses in multiple sectors, but one of the, the biggest passion I have, and it's one of our businesses is we have an advisory firm and that advisory firm has different divisions, but the big mission that we have within that is to really help men. We help mm-hmm. career men and businessmen be successful in all areas of their life. So that includes their careers, their business as a husband and as a father, but more importantly as a man. Especially in today's society where that there's a big question mark in terms of what it means to be a man or at least a successful man. And so we help men go through that journey so that they are living fulfilling lives or performing at their best. And they're not only hitting their goals, but they're happy with the life that they have.
0: Mm. I love that. I just, you know, as I said earlier, I, I feel like there's not enough of this for men. And that it's in many ways societally sort of frowned upon to do the deep inner work. Women and, you know, female identifying people are encouraged and expected to do that deep work and know themselves and all that great stuff. But this sounds to me like something that creates a nice, like well-rounded, beautiful existence or helps men create that for themselves. And I'm very much of the opinion that healed people heal people. So if we can have all humans and men who get the short end of the stick I think with mental health care and just f- general fulfillment to go forward and create you know nice ripples and and that in the world so thank you for the work that you do I think it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And so yeah it's really interesting when when we talk about this being specifically for men we were still work with women as well. We have about 10% 10-15% of our our clients the people we work with are are women. And when it comes to the men, I'll, I'll share a quick uh, example because people look at it and like, what are you doing? That's so sh- chauvinistic or sexist. And it's really interesting in today's society. Mm-hmm. We had, I think we had connected with someone on LinkedIn and she does it, similar to what I do for men. She does for women. And her response when I had sent the connection was, what are you doing? This is so sexist and And I found this very interesting because she works specifically with men or with women. And she was asking me why I work specifically with men, as if there was something wrong with it. And so I believe we do have this double standard in society when we talk about things specifically for women, uh, being okay. And then things specifically for men not being okay. So it's something that we faced for the last five or six years specifically, but we've broken through that. I think when a lot of people hear about what we do, um, they're extremely happy, especially women, we get half of our referrals from women when they know the work that we do. Yeah. They, they are okay. You got to speak to my husband. You got to speak to my boyfriend. You got to speak to my business partner, my son, they are referring like crazy because they understand, or they at least on the surface see the challenges that men are going through. And it's not it's not easy for men these days. And that, this is why we've created what we created and why I wrote the book, The Complete Man, is for men to have a mindful source and a group of individuals that they can speak to and get insight from and support from, who not only understand the business world, but other aspects of life as well, what it means to be a husband, a father, spiritual leader, whatever it is that brings together what we call being the complete man. And this really started, this journey for me was chosen for me, I can save. Because I think each one of us has a destiny that we select, but I think there's, there's nudges from the universe. There's nudges from something bigger and beyond what we can comprehend. And so I grew up in a household, an Indian household. My parents immigrated from India back in the early 70s. And they came here with next to nothing. It, they came here with $11 in their pocket. Mm. and they all they knew how to do was work hard. It was just sheer work ethic. So they just started to work and they started to work in an orchard and then eventually bought their own. And my brother and I, so we have there's two siblings and and basically as long as I can remember, I grew up on an orchard. Basically I was born and raised on an orchard, which was a very interesting and a mindful way to grow up. Mm -hmm. I would not change it for the world because it taught me a lot of things and um, it gave me a lot of skills as well when it comes to the world of mindfulness and connecting with something bigger. And my parents eventually, they, they did the right things in terms of becoming successful for the perspective of having their own business and being financially set and they both, my mom and dad both worked hard and my dad, you could see that he faced some challenges because he was a great dad. He was always around and we were lucky from the perspective of being on Norchard, that was our family business. And growing fruit and selling fruit. My dad was always around because we lived on the orchard. So we could never say my dad was too busy with work because work was at home. And mm-hmm. so we always got to see him. He was still busy working late nights and wor- working his butt off, but he's still around. I could still go out there and talk to him. So that was a great thing. But he put everything he had into raising us as a family and providing and making the business successful and put himself last to the point where, and he didn't have skills because you could say he wasn't educated from the Western perspective to be able to get through his own personal challenges. So I have a hunch and we never openly spoke about this, but he did share some things with me that he was not fulfilled in life. There was something missing. And my parents had an okay relationship. They loved each other. They stayed together. They were, they were together and they were, you could tell that they wouldn't be able to live with each other but they also didn't have a fully functional relationship from the perspective of openly having good communication and understanding what is needed in a relationship to have an intimate connection and so forth. So my dad struggled with that as well. And as a result, he, he uh, struggled with alcoholism for as long as I can remember. And so my dad was a big guy too. He was a physically big man, very strong. And when he came into the room, you didn't even have to see him. You could feel his presence. Like mm-hmm. he just had that kind of a presence in him and this energy that we talk about. And so when he was sober, he was amazing when he would drink past his limits, completely different man, like very scary, especially at his size and his voice and just very deep. And, and he's just physically strong. And, and if he raised his voice, we ran like, it was just scary. and, I would always wonder why my dad would be like this, like a com- two completely different men. And I started to study his behavior at a very young age, probably around eight or nine, I'm thinking from my memories, maybe even sooner, because I was af- always afraid when he would drink. So I'd always try to predict when he would drink. And so I watched his behavior throughout the day and, and to see his habits, his routines and facial you know, uh, gestures and stuff like that, you could tell. I got to a point where I could tell when he could drink and I would tell my mom, he's going to drink today. My mom would like, no, he's not going to drink today. And he would drink. So I started to understand, you can say behavior at that time. And then I started to study actually at a very young age, probably around 12, or 13, psychology and neuroscience and got into that realm because I was always fascinated with the human brain and human potential. And that's kind of led me to where I am today. And in between, I was actually fortunate enough to have been raised by my My grandparents, as well, who immigrated over from India, my dad's parents. And my grandfather was in the Indian Army, the Indian British Army, for 30 plus years. And to this day, the most stand up man I know Mm. because he was very principled, very spiritual, because his father, my great grandfather, was a spiritual teacher for almost six decades in India. So my grandfather had this very interesting dichotomy about him it was this world of war. He came from this world of fighting and wars and this world of spirituality. Hmm. And he was able to navigate both very, how do I say it, gracefully, um, with integrity. And my grandfather is one that taught me what it means to have principles, what it means to have morals, what it means to uh, the whole old saying, your word is your bond. And I still remember this. He said, you know what? People can take your education. They can take your home. They can take your money. They can take family members from you because he saw all this. He said, the one thing they can't take from you as a man is your principles and your values. So I grew up with that and I learned the side of spirituality at a, at a young age. And so I was fortunate enough to have grown up in the, I'm going to say the perfect situation. It wasn't ideal as a kid, for example, because having an alcoholic father was very tough. It was very challenging and very scary. But it got it taught me the skills that i needed to to work with men today so fast forward to today i also did a lot of work in the business realm because i grew up in family business went to school and went to six different business schools for business and was in the corporate world for 14 years as an executive and started my own firm and that's what we do now is we work with business professionals typically exec- ceos entrepreneurs or executives and so we've created this, you could say, one-stop shop for career and businessmen to be coached, trained, and a support network for them to be successful. Again, as a business leader, as a husband, as a father, because this is the mission. This is what was chosen for me. Um, and I'm a firm believer. This is our passion. And we've seen the degradation of family units over the last number of decades. that And nothing against women, right? This isn't a, a, against women. This is really focusing specifically on men. But when you have a strong man in the household, because I remember being this way and seeing when my dad was sober and he was, you know, at his at his best, it was like nothing could hurt our family. Like it was okay, even if if we had money, didn't have money, whatever it was, business was working, not working, we were still safe and we were still solid. So I firmly believe that when we have in family units, we have a solid man in the household that's not only able to be successful in business, but is there for his spouse, his wife. And for the children, we have stronger family units. And that's what society today, especially in the Western world, needs. So that is our underlying mission. We do it through helping them in business, helping them in leadership, and helping them in other aspects, but it's ultimately to help raise stronger families.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is what now I understand in you know, in our correspondence, what you mean by a holistic approach. But it's everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's First I want to thank you for sharing the story about your childhood and about your dad and like sharing how complex and flawed and amazing and wonderful and scary you know the whole cuz it's not always one thing or another right it's always a combination of things and I think you know how you were able to recognize your calling and it is a calling I believe right like we go through and we do our thing like you were in the corporate world for 14 years you did your thing and the whole while you were probably getting this little tap, 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 you know, <laughs> here's some more input. Here's some more input. Um, but to to take a holistic approach and recognize that every individual, I'm sorry, it's just not enough to make a lot of money. You know, I, uh, I think if we don't take care of our physical and emotional needs, none of the rest even matters. In fact, we may even compound some of our misery and dis-ease and discomfort if we don't take care of ourselves. And I firmly believe that, especially in the Western world and sort of the industrial mindset, even down through our education systems, at least here in the U.S., we're taught to kind of push that stuff aside and learn how to be better workers. And that's it. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff we're not taught, but that's a big one, right? We're just being taught to go be better workers. And I think it lands harder on men's plates that way men and people who identify as male. And so I, I'm, I'm still, you know, yay, clapping my hands, just really glad that this exists. And, you know, I, I identify as a woman with feminist values, humanist values, and I, you know, very much appreciate that there are all these organizations and things doing things for women. I do believe statistically anyway, we have to work a little bit harder than most men do to get a certain level of status and all of that and blah, blah, blah. Totally believe all of that. I still come back to this. This is not, this isn't really embraced, at least in the Western world, to my knowledge, generally, to, for men to put the focus on their inner lives, on their own well-being beyond physical fitness, right? That's important. But it just seems to me like, I, I beat this drum with my clients. I work with men and women. If you're not having any fun, if you don't have fulfillment, if your relationships are falling apart, or, you know, thankfully, I don't have any clients who do this, but if you're drinking yourself silly or, you know, in doing other things that aren't good for your health, something's missing. <laughs> and that thing, whatever the causes of that, needs attention. Yep. And, you know, be therapy or through a coaching program or something like that. I think it's really important. So I, I think it's a long lead into a question, which is so how do people find you? And do you find it like challenging for, not really to convince, because that's not really, you know, what that's all about. But like, is it challenging for men to open up to be willing to do this kind of work?
1: Yeah. So, your first question in terms of how do people find us? So, we have uh, we have podcasts out there. We have a number of podcasts. I have the book, The Complete Man. We've built a good reputation in certain networks. Um, we do a number of marketing, and a lot of our clients come from referrals. So that's typically how men find us. Um, and sometimes they don't find us directly. They are Mm -hmm. nudged by their wives or partners to say, Hey, you should take a look into this or, Hey, I got you this book. You Mm -hmm. might want to, you might want to read it. And even some women will read the book. Actually, we, we have, I'm surprised how many women actually have read my book, um, because that's a good sign, but it's also a way for them to, you know, when they're, when their husbands are watching them read the book called The Complete Man, their husbands are like, what are you doing? Like, what is that book about? Yeah. <laughs> it gets them intrigued. Yeah. Um, some women actually even read the book and say, I can't believe I, I feel like I'm a man because mm-hmm. they have built the tendencies of, of men. And that's one of the things, one of the challenges of today's society is we're training women to be more like men and it's not working out very well for them. Mm-hmm. So we have a number of areas, but, uh, you know, podcasts, online, LinkedIn, I'm very active on um, and I like to connect with people. Um, and, and the second question was, sorry, could you rephrase the second one, question again?
0: Uh, I was trying not to say, how do you convince men? Because that's not really what I mean, but how is it yeah. challenging for men to get to the place to want to do this work?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to say this very bluntly and very openly, because I have colleagues and we have it, it have taken different paths. So we, I have colleagues that do something similar, but a holistic approach. They will work with men and, ve- and women. But I focus specifically on men because we've created a niche. And I can say very openly and honestly that we're one of the top organizations to work with men um, because we have done a lot of work. We have an re- entire research team that actually... Uh, uh, researches the work that we do in terms of the science aspect, but also the business aspect and the relationship aspects, psychology. So we are really good at what we do. But my colleagues that have other advisory firms that work with both, they kind of have an easier path because their clientele, a lot of it is women and women are more open to being coached, being trained, being able or wanting to change themselves and actually do something about it where men are a lot more stubborn. So we have to work that much harder because men, and we have this all the time, well, men will hit this point and they will reach out and say, I need this. And even to the point where it's like, I don't care how much it costs. And they've opened up now and then they retract because as soon as they've opened up, they realize now someone knows their weakness and they feel weak as a result of that. And then they pull away completely. And those are the men that come back A year later or two years later in the exact same spot or even even worse Mm -hmm. because that's what we happen but it's it's a part of us it's it's part it's built in women are built differently because the social circles you're more open more transparent with each other have that vulnerability the support network where men are more about i need to do this on my own Mm -hmm. so that is a big challenge that we face and we continuously face it openly and we do that we get past that typically by having open conversations and allowing men to go at their own pace, because we cannot, and we've tried this because we have our process when we take someone through this, let's just say the sales process, right? Uh, Or the client journey is we try, we would say, okay, you ready? Let's go. But that's not typically how it works. Now we let it go at, at his pace because he may not be ready today. At some point in time, he will be ready. And that's when we will be there for him. Mm-hmm. Because here's the other pattern that we see too. Men will go through a patch where they want to excel or succeed, or they're facing a tough patch. And then they reach out and then things get better momentarily. And then they feel like they don't need to do as much or they don't need to do anything. And they don't realize that they haven't corrected the behaviors, the underlying behaviors, the causes, the challenges, whatever it is, whether it's in their business or in themselves or their relationships. And they face the same problem over again. And then they reach out again, and then things get better. So they mm-hmm. go through the cycle uh, of challenges. So I, I, I apologize for being long-winded here, but I think it's important for the audience to hear because there will be someone, there will be a man listening to this and saying, that's exactly what I've done. And so there, it's, a, it's a period, that's a sign for you to say you need to do something different and actually move yeah. forward and lean into it.
0: Yeah. Well, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking like, how many of us haven't done that? I mean, I can put my hand in the air and say, I've done that, right? Because even- I think our, we can go really deep, but like the ego is like, oh shit, right? Like, excuse my language, I don't know yeah. else to put, right? Like, oh my God, now I'm exposed, oh. you know? And, <laughs> and I think it's... I'm I'm not a man. I'm married to a man. And from things that he's told me, it's like there's all these pressures plus the own pressure that he's or his own pressure that he puts on himself. And I'm assuming a lot of men can relate to this. And to go and this like rugged individualism, like, you know, it's great to be an individual. It's important to be our own selves and all that. But we're not I don't think we're meant to go on this journey all alone. And we're not meant to go Figuring out ourselves without support and feedback, so I, I love to hear that eventually they go, "Oh, I've been oh, I've been doing this my whole life, <laughs> you know, every time I take a step forward or two or three steps forward, I take a step or two or maybe even more back. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I've had people come to me interested in doing the work and then you know, I think they've ghosted. I'm like, okay, and I might send them an email occasionally or share something interesting. And No pressure. I'm not a pressure salesperson. And I had one person come back 18 months later. It's like, I'm almost embarrassed. I'm almost embarrassed to be calling you, but I just wasn't ready. I wanted it. But, or I, I needed it, but I wasn't sure that I wanted it. And it was when I decided that I wanted it that I actually committed to doing the work. And I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, they had to get their money together and all that too. it's like, it's it's there's so many people who need transformational work, right? People, organizations, whatever. but it's really the want, and I think it's in that moment of making the decision that they start to actually make the change. Hmm. So they might yeah,
1: it's, it might I take a while to
0: really commit to that that decision,
1: yeah. and then there's a factor of other internal beliefs and and, and the other thing is, can I? right? Mm. And they might not have the self-confidence or the self-esteem to believe that they can. They want the change and they desire the change, but they're not sure if it's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and that's another challenge that people face when it comes to making changes in some way, shape or form. Then there's the other aspects of how can they? But that's that's why we are here is to be able to give them the approach and the support network. We can't do it for them, mm-hmm. right? There's, and, and that's one of the things having an advisory firm is that When we're working with CEOs or entrepreneurs, we can't do the work for them. We can give them the guidance, but ultimately they have to put the time and the effort into it. And I think that's something, and we've been trained as a society too, to have quick fixes. And that's a lot of the sales pitches these days in terms Mm -hmm. of, hey, you 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 could turn things around in an instant. And -hmm. it's not always that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can change a lot of things instantaneously, but it's not going to be quick fix overall, whether if, if it's in your relationship or your business or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just mindset I think has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you like, what are some outcomes? Like the, the what's in it for me question. So if somebody is, you know, inquiring about services, what are some of the things that they're hoping to achieve? And then they probably surprise themselves by achieving much more than what they originally set out to do. Yeah, we as a way of being that way.
1: Yeah, we actually have two typically groups of men that we work with. So the first group of men are the ones that are extremely successful. They're the ones I call them the heavyweights. They're the heavyweights because they've they've built multiple businesses, they're extremely successful, they have all the money in the world, but there's something missing for them. So that could be a relationship aspect, it could be a personal purpose, whatever it is, they're just not fulfilled. That is one area. And so we work with them in different aspects. So they're not looking for success from a typical perspective. They're looking more for fulfillment mm-hmm. and purpose, right? Something bigger, something that actually drives them now because they are feeling disconnected from life in some way, or they've, they the relationship has gone, you know, sideways or they're estranged from their children or grandchildren or whatever that is. So that's one camp. Mm-hmm. The other camp is men who want to succeed. And have something more or better. And they are the ones that either typically 80% of those men want to make more money. They come in with a desire to make more money, either through their business or through their career. But in doing that... What we end up doing is working with them because ultimately to make more money, to excel your business, it's really on you and in your personal growth. So that's what we do on the back end is work with them to grow their skills in business, to grow their skills in performance, to grow their skills in leadership so that they're able to accelerate their career path or their, their business growth. Um, and, and that's that's the other area. And we also work with our teams. We We will work with them and train their teams and their organizations as well as part of that. But those are the two typical camps that we work with from Mm -hmm. that perspective.
0: What I think is really fascinating is, and I'm sure that you maybe work with people a little bit differently based on what their desires are, what they've achieved so far, it all comes back to like completing the circle, right? This, to me, it's like, we can't have it all if we're not willing to explore what we need to do in order to get there. So. One thing I tell, like, my clients, if they're like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard as business owners, you know, like, yeah, if you ever wanted to uh, experience a dark night or many dark nights of the soul, start a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yep. you have, you know, unresolved trauma or stuff that you didn't even know was in there, <laughs> it's going to come out, you know? But yep. in a quest for success, whatever that means, it's it's always interesting to me to see, like, have a client report back to me. Gosh, you know all this stuff we did for leadership, right? For working with my team, I found that when I slowed down with my spouse or partner and asked some questions and really got curious, like our relationship is so much better. I was like, oh, "You're welcome." You know?
1: <laughs> yep.
0: that's the beauty because it has a spillover effect. So even if they're coming to, they want to make more money or they want to have more fulfillment or whatever it might be, I would imagine that. Like this, the snow, the wheel is no longer wobbly, but you get to smooth out some of the edges and, and start to enjoy an expanded sense of fulfillment in, in all areas.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And so the analogy that we use, um, sometimes is for guys is if they have, and I'll just say remote, let's just say a remote control car and you have eight batteries that go in there and one of the batteries is not working, it's dead. Well, what ends up happening is the other seven have to work that much harder and then One burns out, now the other six have to continue to work that much harder. That's what happens in life. If our relationship is struggling, we know this. Inside, we know this. We try to filter it and say, no, this is not impacting us. But if our relationship is struggling, we have an argument with our spouse and we go to work, we know something isn't right. Mm -hmm. And that takes away from our performance. And so this is why we call it the complete man. This is essentially it. It's because, and this is through spiritual teachings too, everything comes from within us. And in order to feel complete, regardless of whether you have the things that you want in your life externally, the house, the home, the relationship, whatever it is, if you feel complete from within, you are going to have a fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. That is ultimately the purpose here. And if you feel complete from within, this is a difference. It's not being perfect. Being complete also means that you're continuously growing. That is the fundamental principle behind it. My background in terms of, you can say, uh, religious background from India is from the region of Punjab, which is uh, mainly Sikhs. And they're the ones with the turbans that you see typically. And the word Sikh, right? It's actually pronounced Sikhi, means to learn, to be a disciple of. This is a principle that my grandfather taught me at a very young age, because in life, we are disciples of life. We are continuing, we are here to grow and learn. And that's what a big component of being the complete man is. But I can tell you, this is what we train men. If you are complete, A, when stuff hits the fan and things not going well in your business relationship, you're still going to feel good about yourself, right? That is ultimately the key purpose. But when you feel complete, that's when you're able to achieve that much more. Mm -hmm. because now you feel like you're being pulled and drawn towards something rather than pushing yourself towards it. There's a huge difference in that because a lot of guys use grit and force to get through. This is more like a calling and something is pulling you and drawing you towards what you're trying to achieve. And it meets you halfway, Mm. right? It meets you halfway because things are now being drawn towards you as well. People will notice you differently when you are feeling like the complete man, when you are embracing that. They will see a spark in you, an energy in you, a passion in you, and something in you that will draw them towards you. And that is very, very important. And that is, that is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight, but through our research, because we use a lot of science as well in psychology, and through our training, we are able to help men accelerate that path.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's an, it's an energy. It's like a, a sense of ease around people who feel complete and even just hearing you say that was like i felt like i got a rush of energy from what you said right and so i can imagine that you know i keep referring to this work as transformational work because it is but the transformation that takes place probably doesn't seem so dramatic because it takes time right but interesting that you're able to accelerate and help your clients accelerate that. And I'm I'm not asking you to give away any trade secrets, <laughs> but is there <laughs> is there an essence to that that you know something that you can share without giving it a, away that helps create that that acceleration?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what we've done is something that I I learned and it's part of my skill set because I had to figure out what am I really good at, which is an mm. important aspect. For every man to identify and women as well. What am I good at? Because when you identify what you're good at, life becomes actually that much more pleasurable. So one of the things that I identified for myself was building systems. So what we have done over the years, the last six years, working with over 16 different universities and research organizations in Canada and the US and having our own research team, we have systemized, decoded things like performance. Things like inspiration, things like having more energy, things like recovery and sustainability. So, uh, you know, here's a an interesting, I'm going to call it tip that I share with people. It's actually a training program that we have specifically. It's what we call ultra ultra performance, where it's an acronym ultra. So the first, the U is what we call unwavering inspiration, and then the second aspect um, is called legendary skill advancement. Then it goes to tenacious execution, rapid innovation, and active sustainability. Those are five elements of life that if you nail those down, you're going to be able to achieve anything that you want and be a lot more successful and fulfilled because there's a fulfillment aspect to that. Here's what we noticed. If someone is not making progress in the direction that they want, it's because of these one of these five factors. They are ultimately not inspired. They don't have the skills. They don't, they're not executing effectively. They're not able to innovate or they're not able to sustain it. So these, this is one of the checklists that we take men through, and there's elements within each of those elements that we were able to identify for uh, for a man to say, okay, if you are low on inspiration, here's a checklist. Here are the eight different elements, for example i 'll just share a few, for example, one of the first things that we take a look at is your passion because if if you don 't have a passion in life you 're going to be lower energy neurochemically you 're going to have lower energy, meaning that we 've through our studies show that you 're going to have less energy because your dopamine isn't going to be able to get to that level that you need to to have that drive and energy and and, and motivation to get up off the couch and do it continuously over and over. So passion, which will lead to your purpose as well. If you can infuse your purpose into your passion, you're that much further ahead. Elements such as your personality traits are very important because a lot of people are in jobs or careers or aspects or even relationships that doesn't match their personality, their natural personality, and that causes them more frustration than good. So we identify all of these different elements to maximize a person's Inspiration levels, because now you're fully inspired. Now, every time you wake up in the morning, you are ready to go, right? Not forcing yourself and be like, oh, another day. Mm-hmm. You are engaged because your inspiration levels that we have done it systematically, we've approached every single aspect that you need, and we can identify if something is not, is missing, right? For example, power is another aspect of inspiration. If you are not doing things that you are good at and powerful at, you're not going to be as inspired. Mm -hmm. so we incorporate all of these different elements in and then it gets to the skill level so that's something that's very important if i can share a tidbit is inspiration is very important that is why it's at the beginning because if you don't have that level of inspiration you're not going to have the energy the mental the emotional and the physical energy to continue with the journey so that's where we start initially
0: I love that. I mean, you know, when we talk about motivation, and I think the coaching industry, I love it, it's my industry, has done a disservice to the general public by like talking about just motivate yourself. And it's like, motivation is manufactured. It happens after we get in motion. It's the inspiration, I think, that triggers the motivation. So we need something to be inspired, a reason to get out of bed, a reason to be excited, or at least... Turned on, you know, like like light bulb on, non sexual turning on, like like to be like here I am, I'm awake today, and I feel pretty good about that. Maybe you know stuff's going on in life isn't so great in the background, but I've got a purpose, I've got this thing, right? And I think it's the inspiration that actually creates motivation once we get in motion. And I talk to my kids about this a lot. They're teenagers, and they have their ups and downs, and you know, like I just don't feel motivated. And I'm like, yeah, well, neither do I, but I'm inspired. <laughs> I'm yep. inspired. And that yeah. is what pulls me by my collar out of my bed. <laughs> and,
1: and, and you just nailed it. And that's the difference. That's the difference that we make uh, through our research as well. And, and again, it's terminology, but motivation is what we call more of a driving force, mm-hmm. which is pushing you. Inspiration is more of a pulling force. So you can't help but be pulled towards something, Right. Whereas pushing, you have to push yourself towards it. So you are being drawn towards your purpose, your passion, what your power is when you have that level of inspiration. So that's, and we, and I completely dislike it and no offense to any motivational speakers out there, but we've done enough research. We've been around the blog. We've understood these, um, these aspects where, when we go to these events, people are motivated. What ends up happening is 95% of the people don't execute and they don't get the results, right? Mm -hmm. Motivation, what I believe is, yes, there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivators, but it it can also be very short-lived and it comes at a cost as well, whereas inspiration is different. And that's why we focus particularly on inspiration.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I love that you have the the checklist, the framework to go through. So it's not like, oh, I'm out of alignment and I don't know where it is. We don't have to go searching. You just go and you like, and this is great, I think, especially for men who like to move things forward, right? Like, where's my list? I'm going to yep. look at the list. And I'm going to go through it. I'm going to find out what th- what, it, what the issue is. Um, Yeah. Very cool. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk for hours. <laughs> so uh, yeah.
1: We definitely could. Yeah. yeah
0: super, like, you know, it's such a useful content, but also fascinating. Like I think, you know, understanding what makes people tick and getting to the, to the heart of the matter. You know, there's so many people I would imagine going around in this world, sort of sleepwalking through it, thinking there's something wrong with them when really what's going on is they just haven't gone through their checklist. They didn't know that there was a checklist, right?
1: Yep. And it's not a perfect checklist, meaning that every person has different situations and scenarios, but we've done a lot of research. We've worked with over 3,600 men in terms of the research that we've done. Um, And we've, again, as I mentioned, academic and research institutions, and we've done a lot of research when it comes to this. So, and we wanted to systemize it just because it's a lot easier to understand. It's not a perfect science, but it is functional, meaning that it's going to actually help you accelerate um your results a lot like it's it's dramatic when you're able to look at a checklist and say that's what i'm missing or that area i haven't paid attention to or i can see why i'm reacting this way or behaving this way or why i haven't gotten results Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it's a very good system for people and as you mentioned especially men to be able to uh to use
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, I think this is a perfect time to ask where people can find you. So if they're interested in learning about this checklist or diving in and doing the work, understanding that they might get a little scared and come back later, (laughs) where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So the easiest place is you can take a look at uh, my website, which is prettypsanga.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I'm typically most active on LinkedIn that's and I I typically accept people's requests. I just ask that you put a note to it, and just let me know that you've listened to the podcast and you'd like to connect. Um, and you can also take a look at the book because the book has a lot of content in terms of some of the stuff that we talked about here today, but a lot of the stuff that we haven't.
0: All these links will be in the show notes, so it'll be really easy for people to find you. Thank you so much. Well, before we sign off, we always like to ask one final question, which is, do you have any parting wisdom to share with our listeners?
1: Well, just on the note of working specifically with men and and talking to men generally, is that we focus a lot on emotions and the work that we do with men. And it's something that most men don't work on. And the reason is, is motions are energy and emotions are power. And so emotions, because they're energy, they can be transferred. So you can have one emotion like anger and transferred into something else like excitement that actually fuels you and propels you. And this is where true mastery comes in, right? We talk about our core concept is mastering life or business and life at the same time. Mm-hmm. And one of the key ways to do that is to master your emotions. And When you get to the level of being able to take an emotion that is working against you, like anger or sadness or whatever it is, and being able to automatically transfer it to a different emotion that actually works for you, that's when you actually become extremely powerful. That's when you actually make more effective decisions. That's when people look at you and be like, how did that person, how did he get through that in such a short time frame that it would have ruined the, the average person. So being able to master your emotions is very, very key. It is the fundamental aspect of being the complete man. And this is something that it's something that we teach, but I would encourage every man out there to start looking at that, start focusing on their emotions and what they can do and actually play around with them. Because just like anything else in life, if you turn it into a game and play around and test and be curious um, and experiment Things become a lot more fascinating, and that's when you're able to leverage yourself and leverage your own individual power.
0: I think that's really sage advice. Um, I have a client who's a psychotherapist, and he talks about how emotions are data, and they give us a lot of feedback, and they tell us a lot, and we can have more than one at any given time. And there's not really a bad emotion; it's there's, what we decide to do with it that can turn out to be not so great. So I love this idea of like. You know, mastering your emotions and like playing around with it to see what comes back. Right. To me, that's gathering data. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really cool. Oh my gosh. Well, I, this is this, I've, this time flew by. <laughs> Thank you for this great conversation. I'm thrilled to share this with our listeners and just this work is so important. And I think there are a lot of men who really want more and aren't sure how to find it. So, I, I'm just so glad that that we found each other, yes, I think sir. through LinkedIn, I can't remember, and that that I know that you're doing this work. You know, Shout it from the mountaintops. And uh, just thanks again for coming on and for everything that you do.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. And this has been, uh, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, take good care. And uh, we'll be sending people to get the book and to come check out your work.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. As you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracycherpesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.